0: In today's rapidly changing world, we all have questions, and we all want answers. It's on this program that we get our answers from the Word of God. It's time for another episode of A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallops. Welcome to Another Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in the Pensacola, Florida area. I'm Kevin King. And Pastor, in the Gospel of John, it's the story of the Last Supper in John, and a curious thing happens where Jesus begins to wash the feet of his disciples, but one of them said, You're not going to wash my feet. Right. And he said, Then if you don't allow me to do this, I'll have nothing to do with you.
1: Yeah. So or you have no part in me. Yeah. What, That's exactly what, did, right. what is that all about? Yeah, it almost sounds like he's telling Peter, "If if you don't get your feet washed, you can't be saved." Does that? Yeah, I was thinking the same. You'll have no part of me.
0: Yeah, is it? Are we missing a part
1: of salvation? Oh, oh no, I thought you were going to say, are we missing a part of Revelation from the Word? Yes, we are missing that part, yeah. and I'll get to that. But no, we're not, no. And, mm-hmm. and In fact, let me just explain this whole thing with the foundation, but let me just say right up front, it's similar to that passage in John where, G- where Jesus is talking to the crowds, and he says, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, or you'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, wait a minute. That means we've got to be cannibals? to be saved, and how can we do that now? Because there is no body of Jesus, is resurrected, and it, you can get into all kind of weird conjectures. Well, of course it doesn't mean that. There's a context to it, and the context is deeper than all of that. It goes to the sacrifice he was making, the blood he was shedding. It goes right to the Lord's Supper, where it talks about this this cup of the covenant is is a new covenant. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a cup of wine, the fruit of the vine. He said, this represents my blood, which is shed for you. Now, this bread represents my body. Take it and eat it all. All and drink it all and do it in remembrance of me. Now we know there it is. It's being fulfilled. It's a great big metaphor. All right. This washing of the feet is a great big metaphor. Now, Just because we say metaphor doesn't mean the literal reality is somehow diminished. Just like when Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, you know, and then it shows up again in the Lord's Supper. But we literally eat the bread and we drink the cup and we literally worship the Lord through that. And we literally are committing or recommitting our lives to following and serving him. And he literally said that he is the bread of life. He said that all during his three years of ministry. Whoever eats of me shall live forever. So there's a lot of metaphorical language that points to eternal truths that are just absolutely real. So just because he teaches in parables and metaphors, these deep spiritual truths does not diminish The ultimate truth that he's trying to illustrate to our earthly heads. The same thing with the washing the feet. So let me set the foundation here. Yes, this occurs in John chapter 13. What a lot of people don't know is in Matthew and Mark and Luke, we find Sections of a few verses or a few paragraphs of when Jesus sat down at the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper or whatever you want to call it. Some people call it the Communion or Holy Eucharist, and those are words that came later. But the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper before Jesus went to the cross. But but what they were doing is they had done it several times before in Jesus' ministry with his disciples. They were celebrating the Passover. We know that the Passover that celebrated the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. But how under the blood of the lamb. How? They made bread without yeast. Yeast represents sin. They took it into the wilderness. They survived on that. They came under the blood of the lamb that was put on the doorpost of the house in the shape of a cross with a hyssop branch. Exodus 12 says you take a hyssop branch, you take the blood of the lamb that you've you've slain, you put it at the top of the doorpost, and on both sides, you come through the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the only way to get into heaven. You have to come through me. What do you have to do? You have to come under the blood. The blood what? The blood on the cross, Jesus' blood. So see, it's it's all wrapped up in these metaphorical pictures, and it goes all the way back to the Exodus, yet it's very real in our lives. I mean, that's how we're saved the blood of Jesus. That's what this is all about. Well, when you come to the book of John, there's not just a few sentences or a few paragraphs about the Last Supper, there are five chapters chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. All five chapters are centered on that night and the things that were said, the things that were done. There are lengthy prayers that Jesus offered. We're mentioned in those prayers. He prays for those who have not yet been born, who have not seen the things that the disciples are getting ready to see, said, yet they will believe, they will become a part of us because what we're doing. So he even prayed for us. He does things with the disciples. He takes the Lord's Supper with the disciples. He teaches them things on that night. It's all in the Gospel of John, five full chapters about the Lord's Supper. Now, the first thing, it opens with them coming into that upper room that night, and Jesus pulls the towel down off the rack, off the wall, to a basin that's underneath it filled with water, kneels down, wraps the towel around his waist, and he takes the form of a lowly servant or as a housekeeper, and he begins to line the disciples up and washes their feet. Now, now. The problem is, in modern world, we, we will take Bible passages and turn them in, into almost cultic rituals if we're not careful. That's what the ancient Jews did. They took the law of God, and they put a 100 different rules and regulations around it and turned it into something that God never meant it to be. This is a description of what happened that night. It is not a prescription for all Christians through all ages all the time. And we can prove this by what happened and what Jesus said and what Peter said to Jesus and what Jesus said back to Peter. And it goes much deeper. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament, a beautiful ritual that Jesus was performing. But watch. First, it had a daily meaning then. Back in Jesus' day, we have historical records that document almost every home had a basin of water and a rack near the door with towels on it so that when you came in or a guest came in, that when you came home to your own home, most people went barefoot or sandaled everywhere they went. In that arid climate, most of it dusty and, you know, and dirty. And, and they would come in that evening. One of the first things they would do when, do when they came in was to wash their feet. What? Was it to keep the carpet clean? No, there was no carpet. It was because when your feet are washed after being crusty and dry and nasty all day long, when your feet are washed, your whole body becomes comfortable. You feel almost like you've taken a shower, almost, and you all of a sudden feel so much more relaxed. It's a beautiful thing that happens when you come home, your feet are washed. Now, rich people, they had servants that did that. Sometimes if they weren't rich, a homeowner, if a special guest, like if I'm not rich and I'm having you and your wife over for dinner and you came back in that day and I owned a home, but I had no servants. But maybe I would do it because I'm the owner of the home. And that was kind of a custom. And it seems a little odd to us. You'd say, Carl, you don't have to do that. But. Okay. But but it was also, I was also humbling myself before you. You are my special guest. I'm going to wash your feet. It wasn't a long ritual. It was just, hey, put your feet in this in this bucket. Let me reach in there and scrub them real quick. They had a little brush and everything. And then you put them out. And then I'm going to take the towel and dry your feet. Now go go have a seat on, on the couch and my wife will uh, bring you a drink. And so that's how you did it. That was the custom. So basically Jesus was beginning that custom, but the reason Peter balked is because it was also the it was also the place of a lowly slave or a servant. And here he is playing the part of the the homeowner And he's humbling himself before his disciples. They know basically who he is now. They haven't figured it all out yet, but after the resurrection, they will surely know. But this is the night before the crucifixion. They don't even know that's going to happen yet. He's told them and told them, but they just refuse to believe that. But that night, they would go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and the, the temple soldiers would arrest Jesus. Then they would start to get that Jesus was serious about everything he said. But that night, he played the part of a servant. Didn't play the part. He became their humble, lowly servant and washed their feet. That's why Peter recoiled and said, "No, no, I need to wash your feet." Or, you know, no, I will never let you wash my feet. And then Jesus said, "This, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you shall have no part in me, nor will I in you." That blew Peter away because I think because they're all Jews, they're all Hebrews. I think that Peter was getting it. He recognized that something much deeper than a simple foot washing for a lowly traveler was going on. He thought of Exodus chapter 30. I'm almost sure. I'm going to read it in just a moment, maybe even on the other side here in a second. But he thought back to the Old Testament, and he realized, why would Jesus say, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no part in me? What? I've been with you three years. What are you talking about? All of a sudden, if you don't wash my feet, I'm cut off from you? That's when Peter said, well, in that case, wash my whole body. And Jesus probably laughed and said, Peter, you don't need your whole body washed. That's not the point. And then I think Peter finally got it. And here's what he got. In Exodus 30, which is a part of the law, and the coming out of Egypt, there is the place. In fact, I can give you the exact verse. It's uh, Exodus 30, verse 21. Moses was told to set apart the priests for service. The priests did not wear um, shoes or boots, even sandals. They went barefoot. Why? Remember when God told Moses at the burning bush, take off? sandals. You are on holy ground. Priests were always on holy ground. They were always separated. They always went barefoot. And yet Moses is told the ordination service to ordain a priest involves washing their feet. And they were to perpetually wash their feet and hands because their hands offered uh, the sacrifices and handled the sacrifices And their feet represented their duty of always standing on holy ground for the people. What Jesus was doing that night was playing the part of Moses, if you will. They were playing the part of the priests. He was washing their feet and preparing them. Then they were going to sit down to this meal. And he was saying, you are going to be my priest. And when Peter said, you ain't washing my feet, he said, well, then you can't be a part of what I'm getting ready to do with you. You you can have nothing to do with me. And then Peter said, I get it. This is not about making me feel comfortable. You are ordaining us into the priesthood that is to come. That's what it was about, Kevin. Now, I've got a lot more things to share on the other side here in a second, things that take it deeper and deeper and then get extremely relevant to us. But that's what was happening that night. And I will prove this more thoroughly as we come back. But that's what it was about. It's a relevant word with Pastor
0: Carl Gallops. And we'll return right after the break. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast any time, visit CarlGallops.com. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. This is a relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops, and today we're talking about Jesus at the Last Supper and washing feet and his encounter with Peter, who said, uh, you're not going to wash my feet. And he said, well, if you don't let me do that, you're going to have no part of me. And right. we get the big metaphor, Pastor, yeah. which is uh, he wants... His disciples to be true servants. Correct. He's, he's giving a wonderful example of what a servant does, but it's so much deeper than that.
1: Yeah, it is. And thank you for bringing that up because I meant to punch that before we went and then we ran out of time before we went away for a few seconds. But no, but, but, but it ultimately goes to anointing them or ordaining them, if you will, into the ultimate priesthood. Because he is getting ready to go to the cross, then he's going to rise from the dead, then he's going to birth the church, then he's going to bring the Holy Spirit, then it's up to the church for the next 2,000 years to preach the gospel before he returns. But in the meantime, we're his representatives, Where the Bible says we're his ambassadors, we're his witnesses, we are his priests, if you will, his preachers, his evangelists, while we are on this earth. And so they were being ordained into the priesthood, but yet Jesus told them, But if I, as your master, can play the part of the servant, then you do the same with each other. So he's also giving a word to you and me, a part of the church, for the ages to come that we need to learn how to humble ourselves, to serve each other, to work with each other, to take care of each other's needs, and to love each other, and then to reach out to the world. The world doesn't care what we know, Kevin, nearly as much as they care about what we do. They don't care about what we say nearly as much as they care about what we do. Which is why Jesus was showing them, if I can do this, you can do this. But even today, there are whole denominations that you know have foot washing services all the time. Now listen to me. I'm not making fun, and I'm not saying that's wrong. If, if somebody wants to do that, that's fine. It could be turned into a beautiful, holy occasion. But that's not what john 13 is about it's not a requirement for all christians at all times for thousands of years to every time you meet to wash each other's feet and to make a big ceremony out of it or almost a cultist ritual out of it if you want if you want to have something like that and it's all done correctly and with the right heart i see nothing wrong with it not you know i see it's not that i'm the ultimate purveyor of truth but i am speaking theologically correct here what it is is he's just saying this general attitude of you You be the servant of each other, okay, number one. But number two, Peter, think deeper here. If you will not allow me to be your servant and to wash your feet, Peter, wink, wink, think back to Exodus 30, Peter, the priesthood. Their hands and their feet had to be continually washed to be holy before the Lord. Now you're getting ready to be the chief pastor of the first church that will be born in downtown Israel at Pentecost just a few weeks from now. And I'm going to wash your feet because I am God in the flesh. I'm the ultimate picture of Moses. I am ordaining you and setting you apart. I'm going to wash your feet in this ritualistic ceremony so that you all get what I'm doing. And when Peter finally got it in his mind, now, Jesus, you don't find those words that I just uttered. But that was the whole point of it. That's why Peter said, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, wash my whole body in that case. So so he got it. I'm convinced he did. They were all Jews. They knew the scriptures. They just hadn't thought of it that way because the washing of the feet, it was just a daily ritual in Israel. You know, either you washed your own feet when you came in the house or the house owner washed the feet or a servant or a slave washed the feet or the butler washed the feet. I mean, somebody did it because you just didn't come in from all day long walking around barefoot and plop yourself down on the couch or at the table and eat. You cleaned those feet, not because it kept the house clean, but because it made you clean and it made you feel better. All right? So that was the tradition, and Peter thought that's what it was. Jesus straightened it out for him, and when Jesus said, you'll have no part of me if you don't let me do it, Peter got it. I'm convinced. And so we go back to the Old Testament. See, anything that's said like that in the New Testament, those rituals and things, there's got to be a counterpart in the Old Testament. And once we know what it is and we go back, it brings it all alive. And so here's what brings this alive. It's Exodus chapter 30, verse 21 and following, where Moses would ordain the priest, Aaron and his family and all of those that would follow, and they would ordain them by washing their feet. Had nothing to do with the Jewish ritual in Jesus' day. It had to do with your feet are on holy ground. Make sure they're clean. Okay, now to show you how this flows over into the New Testament, we go to uh, Revel, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter ten, verse nine. A very a famous passage that I use all the time just in witnessing to people said, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's amazing. And then Romans ten thirteen, just a few verses later says, and whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. And the implication is like that shall be saved. There's a wonderful thing. But in that same chapter, chapter 10, Beginning in verse 14, it says, but how then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Why this emphasis on the feet? Because your feet mobilize you. Well, we're witnesses. We're priests. If our feet are clean in the Holy Spirit, I'm making air quotes here, folks. If if we're clean in the Word, if we're clean in the Holy Spirit, if our heart is right with God, then our feet are taking us into the culture we live in. We're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. At that moment, we're becoming priests. And how beautiful are our feet. It doesn't say how beautiful are our Nikes or how beautiful are our cowboy boots or how beautiful are our socks, our designer socks. No, how beautiful are these feet of the priests of God who are bringing good news to the world. That's in Romans 10. But where does that come from? It comes from Isaiah 52. Now, folks, listen to me. Isaiah 52 is right before Isaiah 53. I know what you're saying. No, duh. Well, yes, it is. But Isaiah 53 is one of the premier chapters in the entire Bible that speaks of Jesus Christ 700 years before it happened, his crucifixion. And it speaks of his piercing. It speaks of his whipping and the stripes upon his back. It speaks of his burial. Uh, It speaks of his burial in in a rich man's tomb. It speaks of his resurrection. It does. It speaks of all of those things right in the middle of the Old Testament. But first, it has to be set up. And Isaiah 52 sets it up. And I could preach here for hours, but I've only got a few minutes. So let me just read what Isaiah 52 verse 7 says. Well, let's go back to verse uh, six. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, and he's talking about when he brings salvation in Jesus, this is what he's talking about. They will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. Look at verse seven. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. That's what the English says. The the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. So it literally says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, and who bring good tidings, who proclaim Jesus. It literally says that. And then it says, who say to Zion, that would be Jerusalem and Israel, your God reigns. Behold, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. Guess what we are? We are the watchmen. We are the priests. We are the ones that have feet that are bringing the good news. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples because he was saying, you're going to be the pastors of the very first church. For 2,000 years, the church is going to grow and bloom and blossom. It's going to spread to the whole world. You're going to take the message of Jesus Christ. We're going to begin by separating you as watchmen, as priests, as ambassadors, as witnesses. And the first thing we're going to do before we take this Lord's Supper on that night in John 13, I am going to wash your feet. I am God in the flesh, and if anybody does the foot washing and sets you apart, it's going to be me, the creator of the universe. Now sit down, Peter, and shut your mouth. (laughs) That's basically what he told him. And then Peter, once he realized what was really happening— that it just wasn't a customary Israeli foot washing, Middle Eastern foot washing to make me feel comfortable. Jesus was playing the part of Moses but he didn't have to play anything because this is God in the flesh who's separating them out into the priesthood and then we come of all places to the book of Romans. Paul who was a rabbi who is now belonging to Jesus Christ because Jesus intervened in his life. He was on his way to kill Christians on the Damascus road and, and, and the resurrection Lord appeared to him now Paul is the is the the bishop of all the churches if you will and he is using this verse from Isaiah 52 about the beauty of the feet of the people who who will eventually proclaim Jesus. And it says that in Isaiah 52. It says, we'll proclaim Yeshua. In in English, it says, we'll proclaim salvation. But it literally says the name of Jesus. And so that's what we are now doing. I mean, that's why Paul quoted it in Romans 10. He knew what Yeshua meant. He knew it was Jesus' name. He also knew that Jesus' name was in Isaiah 52. So he uses it in Romans 10. Now think of this. Paul would also write in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, the buckle of truth, you know, the sword of the word of the Lord, the shield that holds off the darts of Satan, the helmet of salvation. And then he says, and have your feet shod with the gospel of peace. In other words, there are no shoes. There are no boots. This is not the armor of God is not the Roman soldiers, the armor of the Roman soldiers. It's the armor of God himself and what God says to do. Throughout the Old Testament, it says, God He wears the breastplate of righteousness. God is girded with the truth, with the buckle and the belt of truth. God separates the priest with clean feet, with washed feet, the feet who bring peace, the feet who bring salvation. Isaiah 52 is an example I just read. I mean, it's all through the word. Paul was not talking about the armor of a Roman soldier. He was talking, he said what he was talking about, the armor of God, God's word. God, you are priests, you are witnesses, you're not Roman soldiers. The Jews hated Roman soldiers. They hated them. Why would Paul want to say, look like those guys, go out and dress like them? No, he was saying, dress like God wants you to dress. And one of the things is, have your feet standing on holy ground. Make sure they're washed because you're carrying the message of salvation to the world. Out of your mouth will be spoken the name of Jesus. And he says in Isaiah 52, you will do this so that all the nations will know my name. That's the relevant word for us. That's who we are. That's what all this is about. That's why Jesus, that's why Peter balked because he didn't know it was that deep. He thought Jesus was just washing his feet and Peter was appalled. You know, you're not going to wash my feet. That's why Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you can have no part in what I'm calling you to do. And Peter slapped his head probably and said, oh, my gosh, I get it. Wash my whole body then. Does that make sense, Kevin? Absolutely. And uh, I get it in a different way myself. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, that's who we are. Yeah. And uh,
0: anyway, it's, there's the relevant word. Feet washing made relevant today. Yes, there you go. <laughs> On a relevant and, word. And
1: that's, the purpose, that's the the perfect way to do it. On a relevant word with Pastor Carl Gallops. Yeah, thank you folks for listening. As always, may the Lord bless you and keep you always.
0: Now more than ever, we need to listen to God. He still speaks through His Word, the Bible. Each week, Pastor Gallops shares what the Word of God is saying, even now, a relevant word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallops. To access Pastor Carl and to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Thanks for listening.